welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Whispers podcast. We are the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I am Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. And today I'm going to be going through the week two waiver wire ads after a wild and wacky and crazy and bonkers week one of the NFL season. But before I do, I want to let you know that support for the show is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate in men's hygiene bundle, and you can join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer from the Fancy Whispers to you, 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. So like I said, we're going to be talking about the top waiver wire ads for week two. We know that the waiver wire is that second pillar in the three pillars that create a championship roster each and every year. The first is your draft. Second is waivers. And third is trading. I'm going to try and get some other uh, episodes out for you know, players I trade for or trade away in the next coming weeks. But the waiver wire is the gold mine, and we have got a jam-packed one this week. These guys are going to be rostered in less than 50% of sleeper leagues. So typically what I like to do is rank this by positional um, need and scarcity and also, you know, kind of ranking them by priority that I would have You know, personally, I would go and go after these guys first, but running backs go first because that position is so scarce, then wide receivers, um, then quarterbacks and then tight ends because tight ends end up just being a dumpster fire. But inside those positional rankings will be ranked by my priority and I'll kind of talk through what's going on there. But again, 50 percent or less on sleeper leagues. So if you're asking me why a guy isn't in here, he probably didn't make that threshold. So make sure you're double checking on guys that, you know, are more popular. Or, you know, sleepers got that great tab that just says the trends right there. Just go ahead and snap that if you've got sleeper for I mean, most of the platforms will have it as well. So you won't have to worry about that. But let's get into it. So, like I said, we're starting with running backs. Running back, the first priority for me is going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. He's rostered in 20% of sleeper leagues. Look, he's going to get the first crack most likely at it. Um, He was the only other starting running back to see action after Mitchell left the game. And now we've got Elijah Mitchell potentially out eight weeks uh, with an MCL sprain. Wilson is just two years removed from leading this backfield in rushing. And we know he's got a role in the passing game, which is actually something that Mitchell didn't have. Now, I think whoever gets this job is at liberty to probably seed work to Debo Samuel. And now Debo Samuel looking like a really good pick with Mitchell going to be out for this situation. So uh, Jeff Wilson would make it for me 20% rostered in sleeper leagues as my number one here. Tyrion Davis price is the next one up. So basically, if I can't get Wilson, I'm getting TDP. And I've actually broke this down as if you need the immediate help right now, I would go and get. Jeff Wilson. If you want the upside swing for the rest of season as this league winner, Tyrion Davis price is the one I would get 18% rostered in sleeper league. So just a little bit less than Jeff Wilson, but he's got size and speed to handle the full workload. I mean, this is a guy that was quoted saying he loves contact because he loves breaking tackles. They selected him as the 29th pick in the third round. He's got a four, four, eight, 40, Uh, per player profiler and 108.7 speed score both are in the 80 percentile or higher so we really like tdp and the upside that he could provide 
Isaiah Pacheco, man, 39%. Uh, obviously, he had the great offseason that everybody was looking at, but I think he solidified himself as CEH's true handcuff. Uh, if you look at the running back touches, Pacheco, 12 total touches, CEH, 10, and McKinnon, McKinnon 7. Now, the Chiefs blew out the Cardinals, and a lot of Pacheco's work came in the second half when the game was well in hand. The two early touchdowns by the running backs, uh, by the running back CEH, was how this game, you know, kind of how this game went. And then Pacheco got a late score as well. But should anything happen to CEH? And even in these blowout games, there's a world where Pacheco has some value in these kind of contests. But I like Pacheco as, you know, the third running back I'd target this week. Dontrell Hilliard, we're kind of getting into the the fray here. 13% rostered in sleeper leagues. He's the main handcuff to Henry, it looks like. Um, And he saw a good receiving role. He got four targets, three catches, 61 yards, and two touchdowns. Was in the game with Henry as a receiving option in the red zone. Um, And it, it, you know, it looked like they schemed things up for him to get involved. Now, he only played 12 snaps. Um, so that's something to be a little bit hesitant of. But again, I think if you're a, a Henry owner and you didn't pick up anybody, Hilliard might be your guy there. Rex Burkhead rostered in 14% of sleeper leagues. This one hurts my heart because I'm big on Damian Pierce, but he played 50 snaps compared to Pierce's 20. He got five of seven targets for 30 yards and 14 carries compared to Pierce's 11. So you saw him in the two-minute drill. You saw him when they trusted uh, they trusted Burkhead, period. Uh, that's how it worked out, and that's unfortunate for Damian Pierce. I think Pierce is going to be one of those post-buy rookie bump guys that you can look at, but he's just not somebody that we're uh, fully full steam ahead as we thought. Jalen Warren rostered in 7% of sleeper leagues. This one started the week. I thought Jalen Warren was a really nice add. He has now fallen to the bottom running back I'd pick up, and that's because one, I think the Steelers' offensive line's got awful. The offense could be actually absolutely dog shit. But uh, Jalen Warren, you know, seems to be the main handcuff for Najee. Najee tweaked his ankle last week. He came out of the game and said that he would be fine for next week, and the reports now seem to indicate that's confirmed. We'll see how that plays out. But stashing Warren isn't a bad idea. He was the only other running back to see snaps against the Bengals. Moving to the wide receivers here, this one gets a little bit tougher because – Look, I think a lot of these wide receivers, and we'll talk about it, have flash-in-the-pan kind of tendencies. They're going to be guys that this week are great, next week suck, the week after put up numbers again. And it could just be very volatile. That's the nature of the position. But I really liked what I saw out of Chris Samuel. He'd be my number one ad this week. 11 targets, caught eight of them for 55 yards and a receiving yard. He added four carries for 17 yards and led all commanders, uh, pass catchers, with 11 tar- or with 11 targets. So, you really like to see that, and I think Samuel's a guy they recently paid. It's a guy that's worked with this coaching staff before, and he finally, knock on wood, seems to be healthy. I like Samuel's upside as like a poor man's Debo Samuel. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 12%. Look, this is really just a play to be you know, a guy off waivers that could be the number one target for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this team, the, these players are all kind of new to each other. Not DPJ new to the Browns, but... Brissett new to DPJ, Cooper new to the Browns, all these new pieces moving around. Um, Donovan's Peoples-Jones saw 11 targets, six catches, and 60 yards. That led all Browns wide receivers in all three of those marks. He had five more targets than any other Cleveland pass catcher, Amari Cooper, who was second uh, with six. 
and he had an 83% snap share. He's also the deep threat, kind of. Not that I'm saying Brissett can really push the ball down the field, but I think there's actually a case for DPJ to kind of walk out of here as, as the most usable piece off the waivers at wide receiver. Um, I don't love it. I don't love what I saw out of Cleveland, but definitely there's something there. This one's a tie, DeAndre Carter and Joshua Palmer. DeAndre Carter or, or owned in less than 1% of sleeper leagues. Joshua Palmer owned in... 29% of sleeper leagues, both Car- Carter and Palmer tied Keenan Allen, Austin Ackler, Mike Williams, McKitty, Gerald Everett for a team high four targets. So Herbert was really distributive uh, on Sunday and investing in either of these guys with any kind of Keenan Allen absence could provide some real upside. We know the Chargers offense could be very dangerous, very lethal through the air. So I think Carter kind of soaked up a lot of that slot work for Keenan Allen, but Palmer was a guy that's kind of ingrained in this system a guy they all trust uh, a guy that should step in is kind of like this handcuff for either mike williams or for keenan allen so for me i'm kind of i'm rolling with palmer i would lean palmer uh just the pedigree and and kind of you know the talent but carter did show up a little bit in that game and made some pretty nice catches Jahan Dotson, the rookie, uh, he's owned in 55% of sleeper league, so a little bit above our threshold here. But I wanted to get him in here because, you know, he scored two touchdowns in his NFL debut. He's a first-round pick. He got a game-winning touchdown from Carson Wentz, so in big moments uh, he went to him. And look, Carson Wentz hasn't played with Terry McLaurin before. So I believe Terry McLaurin's going to be the alpha here. I like Curtis Samuel more than Jahan Dotson. But Dotson, just with pedigree and, and skill set, could be a nice fit here for Carson Wentz. Cal Phillips rostered in 3% of sleeper leagues, uh, nine targets that led all Titans wide receivers by at least four targets. He's still primarily a slot wide receiver, so he's going to be a part-time player. He only saw only 42% of the snaps in week one. But again, we've been saying, uh, could it be Traylon Burks? You know, they made the big trade for him. Will it be Robert Woods? Will it be Austin Hooper? Well, Austin Hooper looks to be in a timeshare. Robert Woods didn't look that great. Traylon Burks could be end of year upside here, but I like Kyle Phillips for a consistent PPR wide receiver four-ish, and uh, I think he's decent to pick up off waivers this week. Robbie Anderson, 17%. That's Robbie with an IE. 17% of sleeper leagues he's rostered in. Led the Panthers with eight targets, even though he said he hated Baker Mayfield online. He didn't say that, but there was some you know, uh, social media back and forth there. But he gained 102 yards on eight targets, five catches, um, and a touchdown. 75 of those yards and the touchdown came on one play, and he still shares the field with DJ Moore. So that would he'd be my like last speculative ad this week uh, before we get into the honorable mentions. But I do like Robbie Anderson for a little bit of upside there with Baker. Again, similar thing with Wentz. You know, Baker hasn't played with D.J. Moore. Now, Moore is the better wide receiver, should demand more targets. That should even out. But Robbie Anderson could have a little bit of sneaky upside here. All right, honorable honorable mentions at wide receiver. We'll just roll through these. Devin Duvernay owned in 20% of sleeper leagues. Zay Jones, 12% of sleeper leagues. Sterling Shepard, 5%. And Corey Davis, 9%. Devin Duvernay, Duvernay, that 20% sleeper 
uh, roster percentage, four for four on uh, 52 yards and two touchdowns, only 52% snap share, though. That was a game that Baltimore pretty pretty much handled, so maybe he got pulled because they were pulling some of the starters out. Zay Jones, 12% rostered in Sleeper Leagues, nine targets in the season opener as he builds on that chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Again, this offense could be inconsistent, though. ETN, obviously Christian Kirk led the team. Evan Ingram's there. Sterling Shepard, love to see this. 5%. I mean, Shepard has always been good. I, I would love to put him a little bit higher, but again, always dealing with injuries and only had two catches in his return from an Achilles, but he did get that long touchdown against 71 receiving yards. And then lastly, Corey Davis, 9% rostered in sleeper leagues, 77 receiving yards, six catches on nine targets. But again, the Jets are going to get some looks here because Flacco threw the ball 59 times. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at the waivers for some of these guys. Before I give you the rest of this week's waiver wire ads, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Best ball drafting isn't the only way to have fun and win money through Underdog. With player prop bets and pick them and rival bet slips, you can cash in on all the NFL action on Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Just go to Underdog Fantasy and download the app from the App Store and use the promo code TFW for up to $100 in match money deposit. That's Underdog Fantasy with the promo code TFW for up to $100 in free money that they will match you. Check it out. All right, so quarterbacks are next, and we got to talk about a potential Dak replacement. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Dak Prescott underwent successful surgery on his fractured thumb on Monday and is looking at week eight as a possible return date. So now we've got to maybe, uh, you know, he, I know that Dak fell down draft boards in a lot of single QB looks, but he was still drafted, I believe, in a lot of leagues, and people are going to be looking to replace him here. And as sick as it sounds... We're going to talk a little bit about Carson Wentz, 19% rostered here. He was the QB three in week one, went 27 of 41 for 313 yards and four touchdowns. He also carried the ball six times, only 12 yards, but he gets Detroit and Philly in the next two weeks. They both gave up 20 plus point performances this last Sunday to each other, to Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts. But I kind of like this setup. I think he's going to be in some positive game script that could allow for him. You've got the Detroit game, but then you got the Philly revenge game. I think that could be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't love trusting Wentz here. If there's Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr, somebody better on the waivers, definitely who I'm going with. Uh, but Carson Wentz is, is worth a look. Marcus Mariota also worth a look here. 17% roster percentage in sleeper. He had 12 carries. That ranked third among quarterbacks behind only Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts in week one. But he was second in rushing yards among quarterbacks with 72. He's a super flex option and maybe a stash with tough matchups against the Rams and Seahawks the next two. But if he continues to run like this, he's got some Konami code upside for sure. Lastly, we're going to talk tight ends, and the number one tight end I think to pick up this week would be Tyler Higby, 55% roster percentage. So, again, a little bit above our threshold here, but Tyler Higby played 63 of 67 snaps, and he ran 47 routes. He led all tight ends, all tight ends in week one with 11 targets, and we saw this offensive line just get worked by the Bills, which means that Higby soaked up a ton of that underneath stuff, and I think that could continue to happen unless they get the offensive line fixed in a hurry. Gerald Everett's my next favorite ad, 35% roster percentage. He's an athletic tight end and a red zone threat on a high-powered Chargers offense. So, again, I like investing in that. Uh, and he led all tight ends and was third in receiving yards among Chargers pass catchers in this game. So you like to see that. Taysom Hill at 12% rostered. Look, this is just kind of that stash. 
Uh, if you got the extra bench, you got a deeper bench. He's a Swiss Army Knife type player, and they continue to give him that kind of usage. He's still dual el- eligible on most platforms. He did only see one target. And he caught that for only two yards, but they used him as a runner in this game. And if Kamara's banged up a little bit, they could continue to do that. We saw a rib injury that doesn't seem to be serious for Kamara, but anyways, uh, we saw Taysom Hill get four carries, 81 yards and a touchdown. You love to see that. Honorable mention at tight end is OJ Howard, 3% rostered in sleeper leagues. He played only 17% of the snaps, but he didn't need much. Two catches, two targets, two touchdowns all right that does it for this week's waiver wire don't forget to subscribe to the show over on youtube for more fantasy football content daily we're going to be hosting watch parties for the primetime games discussing waivers every tuesday night with guests from the industry that's a live show there working through injury news on fridays and helping you prep your lineups every sunday morning before the action starts so head on over to youtube.com forward slash the fantasy whispers and subscribe today turn the notifications on and consider becoming a member for only $5 a month for comment priority and unique stickers and emojis during all the live streams and all the fun you could ask for. Again, that's youtube.com forward slash the fantasy whispers for Johnny game time, Hicks, Austin Sear and Donnie tubs. I'm big Travi and we're the fantasy whispers and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. (laughs) 